You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. Brought to you today by Rock Auto. Uh, amazing selection, reliable low prices. And all the parts your car will ever need, go to rockauto.com today and check it out. And we're going to get to uh, some Gary Patterson audio in the next segment, but right now we just need to take some time to celebrate because the TCU soccer team is headed to the Elite Eight. That's right, folks. For the first time in program history, they are one of eight teams left in the nation still playing women's soccer, one game away from a Final Four appearance, historic win for the Frogs, and uh, they get it done in nail-biting fashion. Playing Georgetown today, and I'll tell you, Georgetown on defense, they are uh, they are monstrous. Like they're really good. Um, shut out TCU in the first half, which is similar to how things played out against New Mexico. Georgetown had a one nothing lead at the break, but coming out in the second half, you know, in that New Mexico game, TCU scored like four goals in five minutes. That was not the case today. I mean, it was a fight, but they finally get an equalizer in the 76th minute with about 15 minutes left to go. Uh, Yasmeen Ryan finds Michelle Slater, and she puts it in the back of the net for a goal, tying it at one. And it would stay tied at one through the end of regulation, through both overtime periods, and then penalty kicks started. And feeling pretty good going into penalty kicks because Emily Alvarado – the goalie for TCU is amazing. I mean, she's their best player. She's going to go play for the uh, Mexican national team when this is all over. Well, she gives up a um, – Georgetown converts their first penalty kick to take a one nothing advantage, and then there's a weather delay, about an hour-long lightning delay that keeps things interesting and delays things even more. But when they came back out, Emily had two two huge saves in goal. TCU converted on all three of their chances, and they end up winning 3-1 to one in penalty kicks. So they move on to the lead eight, and they will now play the winner of Rice and Virginia. Um, and I believe that game's going to be on Saturday, the, the next TCU game that is. Um, you know, Rice is an interesting team. They won against West Virginia with a number five national seed, one to nothing in the round of 32 game. And they're 14 2 and 1 on the season. Obviously, a really good team. Now, playing pretty much exclusively um, Power Five opponents, but they did get a victory over Texas A&M 3 to 2 in overtime earlier this year. And A&M is another team. That's in the Elite Eight. They uh, were the only team to beat TCU in the regular season in the exhibition game in the spring. So Rice is clearly a really formidable opponent. And then Virginia is uh, number 13 in the nation. And they are 12-4 and four on the year. But it looks like most of their losses were to North Carolina and uh, Florida State. And Florida State is the one seed. North Carolina is the two seed in the tournament. So facing some good competition there in the ACC, but really happy for Eric Bell, really happy for those ladies An exciting win and two, honestly, I mean, two gritty wins like that New Mexico win ended up being pretty dominant by the end of it. 
you could just tell, okay, yeah, they're the better team clearly. But still, I mean, a one nothing deficit going into halftime, it wasn't a guarantee. They were just going to go out there and blow the water out – or, you know, blow them out of the water in the second half. And uh, just a, a really mentally tough win today, a gut check victory on a night where – you know, Georgetown came out, they got a goal early, and then they just sat back and they were content to play defense. And that seemed to be the identity of that team. So it's not surprising that uh, they were successful at that, but TCU was able to get the equalizer, force overtime, force penalty kicks, and then a win in that penalty kick scenario. And having Emily Alvarado on the team is just such a big asset. I mean, you would imagine – you know, can she pitch a shutout in one game in this tournament? You would think probably so. And maybe it's, uh, it's you know, coming up in this lead eight matchup. But a final four berth would be incredible. Eric Bell has done an amazing job over the past decade stacking this roster. This was supposed to be, you know, a special year for this team. And then the pandemic hit, and we didn't really know what was going on with the NCAA tournament, if it was going to happen. They push everything to the spring. They still go ahead and play through the fall. They win a conference title. And then it's like, okay, well, let's let's play an NCAA tournament in the spring. So now you're finding exhibition games uh, to play in the spring and get ready for that tournament, and then you go to the bubble and play. So a lot of adversity for teams across the nation. I know everybody's kind of dealing with these same situations, but for TCU – especially um, just a lot of adversity this year, a lot to, to wade through and try to navigate through, and they've been able to get it done and get to the Elite Eight. So congratulations to them. Elite Eight coming up this weekend. Really hope they can make it to the Final Four. And then they'll play some really high-level competition, obviously, and we'll see how that all shakes out. Speaking of uh, high-level competition, Mike Miles from TCU Basketball. He has been uh, invited to the – under-19 USA basketball camp that's going to go down this summer. So that'll be pretty awesome. He'll get to practice with some of the best players in the country, some of the uh, best college and incoming college freshmen that the U.S. has to offer. He's only going to get better from doing that. So good for Mike. Congratulations to him. Should be a good experience getting to uh, practice with the national team for a couple of months. And, you know, as of right now, he's – um, they've been able to keep him solid and, and with TCU, which is a big deal. He is uh, obviously the future of this program, and if they're going to go anywhere in the next few years, it's going to be because of what Mike Miles does um, and, and how he works and develops over the next few seasons. So when we come back, I'll let you hear from Gary Patterson talking about Trayvon Merrick. Before we do that, though, I do want to talk about Rock Auto. Rock Auto. It's a great company, and they're a family-owned business. Uh, you know, even for someone like me that's just clueless on cars, I can go to Rock Auto. I can find the part that I need for my vehicle. I can compare prices. I can compare manufacturers. I can get exactly what my vehicle needs. I don't have to second-guess and wonder, oh, man, is this the right part for my make and model? Um, I, I can just get it done. It's a one-stop shop. Rock Auto, they make things easy for you. They have a drop-down menu. When you go there, click on it and make sure you let them know that Locked On sent you there. RockAuto.com. Amazing selection. Reliable low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. So Trayvon Merrick 
gets picked in the second round on uh, Friday to the Las Vegas Raiders. And the Raiders uh, website, they have a daily podcast called The Morning Grind. And Gary Patterson was featured on that podcast yesterday. He talked about Trayvon. He talked about you know the intangibles that make him special how excited he is that he's landed in the NFL and more. Here's some of that conversation. Coach, first off, thank you for being here. We appreciate your time on a very busy day for you. And, and Mike Mayock was talking last night, and he was talking about the connections and the relationships that he had down at TCU and how important those were throughout this process. And this is a year, and you know this probably better than most, that has just been so unique, so funky in terms of getting these kids to the next level. How important are those conversations and those relationships that Mike was talking about? Yeah, well, you have to, you know, just like we would be high school recruiting, they are the same. You got to, you got to talk to people that you trust. Um, you got to talk because, you know, it's a business. You got to, you know, find out what you need to know about the young men that they were drafting uh, so that you can, you know, you can make the best uh, decisions that you can make. And, uh, you know, we, I, I've been in this business almost 40 years. And so I understand how important uh, it is to uh, make sure uh, that you tell them as much of the truth as you can about the young man and every how it all fits so that um, they can make good decisions. Yeah, it was a decision that obviously I think that the fans of the Silver and Black are very excited about. I know that Mike Mayock, John Gruden, and their respective staffs are really excited to have Trayvon in the mix. And, and when Mike was talking last night and he was talking about essentially what Trayvon brings to the table, and he talked about all the great things that he does on the field, and, and like I said, you probably are very familiar with that. But one thing that he kept coming back to was who he was off the field, who he was as a person, as a leader, as a human being, and why that was so important headed into 2021 for adding him to this program. When you think back on, on Trayvon, what, and it's particularly kind of what he brings off the field, what is that? What are those intangibles that he brings now to the Raiders? Well, number one, football is really important. It's been a dream for him his whole life. Um, he's a guy that can watch film, come in and watch with the coaches. Uh, you know, he understands what it means to be a Raider. He needs to understand this, you know, if you go back all the way through generous, so understanding the physicalness and, and the attitude that you want to have, at least, you know, if I've watched enough uh, hard knocks and all that to make sure that I understand how they feel about things. Um, but, you know, he's a, he's a guy I think has a high ceiling because he knows how to process well off the field. You know, he's, he's been a guy that one girlfriend really through high school, uh, go home, you know, it's, it's, it's been all about football school here. And uh, he, I think, you know, he has a very strong desire to play at a very high level and be successful. And, uh, and not all the other stuff. I think football is, is something, take care of his family, are really important. And, and he can do that by, by helping the Raiders. So uh, I think he's right there with you. You know, we, we talked to Trayvon, you know, super briefly last night. It's been an, an incredibly, you know, crazy couple of days for him, understandably. But in our limited kind of interaction with him, he just seems like a guy who's very comfortable in his own skin, a guy who's very comfortable just being himself. And, and I'll ask you, as a guy who has known him for a lot longer than we have and has a much deeper relationship with him, is that kind of a fair assessment that he is just a guy who's comfortable doing, doing his thing and being himself? Yeah, he, yeah he's quiet. He's going he's gonna, to he's, he's gonna be a great locker room guy. He's going to be a guy that's going to do what people want him to do. Uh, he also can think for himself, and he is—he is—he's—he is comfortable in his own skin. He doesn't—he uh, doesn't need everybody else to uh, make him happy. So, uh, you know, those are the kind of people you take a lot of them because they're going to be good in the locker room. They're going to be team supporters. Plus, uh, they want to win football games. Losing's losing's not not a big uh, way of doing things to a uh, Trayvon Morrig. So, uh, he wants to win. And he wants to play good defense. 
and I'm sure that's, you know, I know that for a fact that that's, you know, music to the ears of every fan of this team. But as a coach, when did you know that, hey, he, this kid has a chance to play at the next level and do it really well? Well, I, I think what you're doing is you're getting a young player. Now, he didn't redshirt. He played as a true freshman. And he came out as a junior. So uh, you're getting a young guy. You're not getting a fifth-year senior. I think his, his uh, ceiling is very high. Maturity level-wise, I think he's going to keep growing, getting stronger, uh, both mentally and physically. And, uh, you know, when you can get them younger and they're already, you know, we, our defense is, is not a simple defense to handle. And we play a lot of coverages, play a lot of leverages. And he was able to master all that. One of the best flat foot safeties uh, playing man coverage that I've ever been around. Uh, maybe the best that I've ever been around. And so uh, when you get a guy that's that he can play at that size of 6'2", 205, but he can also play on a smaller inside receiver, which a lot of people have to draft to find a, a corner to move in there and cover those kind of guys and you don't have to change your personnel uh that that allowed you to have a lot more flexibility uh, he was a corner in high school was a returner in high school and so and he plays all special teams so you got a guy that's going to make the 53 man roster i think better the raiders released jeff heath on um tuesday and made it pretty obvious that the two guys they're going to have at that safety position next season are going to be Trayvon Merrick and Jonathan Abram. So a good opportunity for Trey to uh, learn and, and get up to speed and get ready for the season. And Gary makes good points, as you would expect, but especially about just his age and how, you know, there's room to grow here. There's room. There's a ceiling here. There's room for him to get better. He's not a finished product. You don't have to – if there's some rough edges or some things – that aren't quite um, polished yet. You can work on that over the next few years. And, uh, it's, I mean, there's a good chance it's going to get better because he is a fast learner. He's somebody that works hard and wants that from his team. So just uh, an exciting time for him, another TCU Horn Frog going in the draft. You can tell that coaches and personnel in the NFL respect Gary Patterson and respect the product that he's putting out there every single season. Uh, speaking of respecting a product, how about BetOnline.ag? BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. They have everything you would want or need to bet on. They also they bet on reality TV. So if you're a reality TV junkie, my wife is, not really contestant shows like The Voice or American Idol, more like uh, Real Housewives. But if you're into, you know, competition shows, uh, BetOnline.ag has options for that, but they also have everything you need in the world of sports, baseball, MLB, NHL, NBA, everything that you would like to uh, wager on and try to make some money on. Lee Sterling can lead you in the right direction and get you going. Use the promo code Locked On for a 20% sign-up bonus. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. They have news, notes, analysis, it's your one-stop shop, your online sportsbook experts, betonline.ag. That'll do it for Locked on Horn Frogs. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll get you ready for uh, TCU in Texas. Huge baseball series starting on Friday night, so we'll break that down from all angles tomorrow. This has been Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.